1: Hey guys, this episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by something a little different. That's right. Something a little different. It's called Manny with Mary. Oh. So as you know, I my big thing, I love to play with makeup. I love to help people feel more confident and creative when it comes to their makeup. Um, but I also know that there's a lot of us that like to have our nails done. And I don't know about you, but all the nail salons near me are shut down. So... I have this special um, membership to get nail strips that are already dried. They're awesome. They're beautiful. And you can see all of the available colors at Manny, like manicure, mannywithmary.com. And here's the thing. For anyone listening right now, if you want to get a set of the Manny with Mary uh, nail strips, we're going to give it to you 15% off. So here's what you need to do is you need to go to mannywithmary.com. See the color that you want. Shoot us an email or send us a message, you know. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna hook it up. I'm I'm through. Like, you're looking
0: at me like I know what you're talking about, and I don't.
1: Well, you know, it's like we all want to have our nails done, and I have this membership that I want to give people a discount for, and I'm gonna mail it to you. Okay, I'm gonna give you 15 percent off discount, and I'm gonna mail it to you with a little card saying thank you. It's it's not my big thing. My big thing is the makeup. I usually talk about minute with Mary, but I want people to feel fabulous. However, it is. Mm. If it means that you're listening to a podcast and you laugh, great. If it means that your nails look nice, great. If it means that you got some mascara on, fan-frickin-tastic, all right? So cheers, MannywithMary.com. Take a look at all the available shades. If you like something, let me know. I'm going to hook you up. Just shoot us an email, outlandercast at gmail.com.
0: Maybe I wasn't meant to exist.
1: That is not true.
0: Perhaps not.
1: But I have changed. Remember when you asked me about my last words?
0: I thought I knew what they'd be. But what mattered was the last face I saw. (laughs) That face was yours. sing for you, no matter what, no matter where. Whether you're there to hear or even if my voice isn't able, I will always sing for you.
1: Evidence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. is Mary Larson.
0: My name's Blake and uh, I hate to admit it. I hate to admit this. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think I like Raja. Oh. I think I like Raja.
1: I remember I remember the moment When you said this exact thing about liking Jamie. Oh
0: God, that sucked too. I'm
1: aboard the Jamie train. And all of us across the interweb said hallelujah. So can I get some hallelujahs in our live chats right now? Blake is on the Roger train. How many of you are finally on the Roger train? Let us know. Oh
0: my goodness. Blake, why why are you into it right now? I'm not. (laughs) So I'm not. I am so
1: (laughs) cheers. cheers. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Wow, I can't wait to delve into this episode. It's about darn time, Blake Larson. Okay, so before we dive into this, um, we're of course digging into all of episode 508. I want to remind you all that while you're at home doing all sorts of things, maybe you're homeschooling like I am or maybe you are starting some new crafts or activities, Blake and I have a plethora of podcasts to keep you company during the time that we're all stuck inside. Uh, You can find out everything, maryandblake.com. We've got blogs. We've got podcasts about Hamilton. We've got podcasts podcast about the crown that we're going to start picking back up once droughtlander starts we're not going to say that swear word no
0: it's coming sooner Ooh, rather than no, later it's not. yeah it is no
1: it's not <laughs> listen man we're gonna be okay it's it's gonna last us the time that we're stuck indoors we're gonna have some drought and some uh, outlander to keep us company tons of fun things so um and as a reminder we are not having a finale party please do not take a flight to rhode island yeah, if,
0: if don't don't get flights yeah i would love to do it but we're we can't
1: but we're gonna do it virtually
0: Yes. So we keep will do your virtual.
1: eyes on OutlanderCast. Make sure that you're signed up for our newsletter. You can do that by just going to, going to
0: OutlanderCast.com and just putting in yeah. your email. And, and that way, uh, you'll know
1: about our finale party. Which, if you'd like to get dressed up for the finale party, please do so. Please do so. Yes. So uh, that would be pick phenomenal. out your finest outfit. Come on, check out the hashtag Minute with Mary videos to help you get your your makeup on. And we're going to have a great finale virtual party together. All right. So let's get into the show.
0: All right. Let's do it.
1: Oh my gosh! I love bagpipes so much. Oh yes, oh. <laughs> they
0: just Can't make you feel good. It. I we we had an amazing bagpiper at our wedding. We did, and it was like the best bagpiper in, in all of Ireland. Yeah, she she was. In fracking, credible. As a matter of, here, here's a fun story. <laughs> okay, we we were the, our wedding basically took place outside, and I had this bagpipe in downtown Providence, where our it, we got married at Hotel Providence, and it's downtown. And across the street is this mega church. Well, not mega, but a big church. Yeah, it was it's a, big, a big, beautiful, big church, be, like yeah. to, like totally typical New England church, like just awesome, right? And there's this wedding going on as. Our bagpiper is going. So, all these people are looking at us like, hey, what are you doing? And I told the lady, I said, no, 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 no. I paid you. You're gonna play you your hobby. You keep out. going. You keep going. Play louder.
1: And it was a very different <laughs> wedding. It was a, the wedding across oh, the street yeah, was a very, very different wedding very than different ours. Wedding. And here we are, like having our bagpipes blaring. So once Outlander came on, Blake and I, along with Bear McCreary, just geeked out about yeah, bagpipe time. So so let's get into all the nitty gritty about this episode, Blake. Tell us what made this episode uh so different.
0: Well, sure. The like, first, by who? First, the yeah. uh, the episode title is Famous Last Words, which is a play on what Roger was talking about at the uh, end, Roger. at the beginning of the episode. What would, you do, what would be your last words, you know, if you were to die? If Mine you would act- probably
1: be, stop! I, <laughs> no, it would be, I want tacos! <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> um, and then, obviously, of course, it then plays into the end of the episode where Roger and Bree uh, are talking, and he realizes that he didn't really have time for words. He didn't really have time for anything. It was just a face. And what he saw was what was most important. The writer was Danielle Barrow. You absolutely have no idea who Danielle Barrow is. I know you don't. I know none of you nerds out there. It know makes who me is. think
1: of Mr. Barrow from Downton Abbey. It,
0: it should. Uh, well, Different spelling, but close. Okay. Uh, close enough. Good enough. Okay. Close enough. Thank you. Uh, Horseshoes and hand grenades, my love. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: this is actually Danielle's first writing credit. The first one ever. What?
1: I'm just, continue.
0: (laughs) Okay. The first one ever. She's looking at our cat. That's the thing. Uh, And Danielle actually started off uh, in season two of Outlander as a historian for the show. That was it. She was the historian for the show. And then she became the executive producer's assistant. And then she became an assistant directly to Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia. And then in this particular episode, famous last words, she is the writer. And I got to tell you, who boy. boy. What an episode. Who boy, what an episode. Uh Dougie. This uh, episode was directed by Stephen Wolfenden. Uh, he has directed Man of Worth, The Fiery Cross, Between Two Fires, The Ballad of Roger Mack. Uh, this guy is slowly becoming um one of the main voices I think that the show is using for I mean this let's season. be
1: real with a last name Wolfenden you gotta be used all the time so that your name can be said and shown on screen
0: yes uh, so I, I gotta I gotta give it to uh, to your boy Steven here uh, he was excellent in I'm this glad he's my boy yeah he's your boy he's your boy for this episode uh, so uh, very 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 pleased uh, with this episode the directing the writing all of it was just spectacular um, and that's that that's all we got awesome so, anything else
1: No, that's great. You always handle the nitty gritty. So let's get on into the kilt rating. And if you are joining us live streaming, let us know on a scale of one to five kilts, what you would rate this particular episode. And I'm giving it a five, even without sex. I'm oh. giving it a five. Wow.
0: Holy right? smokes.
1: First off, we got Adso. All right. That if there's a little kitty cat in it, even if all you do is see Claire push Adso off the bed, mm-hmm. that made up for the fact there was no sex. Yep, it's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll get into what I actually really loved about this episode. I'm just joking. I'm not joking. Um, but yes, a big flipping five. Sign me up. All right, uh, for
0: me, I'm giving this one a four nine. Okay. I, wow,
1: wow! I feel like this is. Oh, is this the highest you've given it? Or no, 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 no. Last, no. Uh, last, last week was. was last okay. week, this
0: this is equal to the premiere. Okay. For me, nice, uh,
1: very this, different tone. This,
0: um, mm-hmm. I, you know what? I'm going to give a preemptive outstanding, mm. uh, to uh our girl Danielle Barrow. <laughs> Danielle Barrow knocked this one out of the park. We just pot.
1: can't shout too loudly because our kids are sleeping. That's downstairs.
0: true. Uh, but more importantly, there is a lot of things happening here. And uh, the, the chief of them being the silent film treatment and what they what they did as a risk uh, for this episode, which I, I won't get into it too much here, but I thought it was fracking brilliant. I thought it was absolutely Spec frackin tacular, what they did with that silent film thing. At first, I was I was a little afraid. I was petrified, but now I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one, did? you? I do, I do. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that in a little bit more, uh, Marvin. But I really like this. Uh, what do you got for your GBG? You're good. You're bad, and you're great.
1: Okay, so my good is something that probably was a bad for a lot of people. I dug the silent movie. Mm -hmm. I dug it so hard. um, And I loved how whenever we came out of the silent movie, it was really hyper-focused on Roger's face, but everything else was super blurred out as he was really trying to you know, shake his head out of this. I loved that things kept repeating. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that a lot of people felt like, okay, we we got it. We saw these things happen. Mm -hmm. But for someone who's battling PTSD, that's the problem they can't get it out of their head they can't unsee these things they can't shake the fear and it is frustrating and so as weird and out of place as it was for us to be watching outlander to see it in black and white with the with the old like silent movie sound coming it was jarring on purpose and mm-hmm. it served its purpose for me so well each time i was like oh not again i don't want to see him like have the bucket kicked under him i don't want to see that again exactly Yep. Exactly. My bad, and this is like such a minuscule bad, but this is why my, it's a five, um, and not a five plus, because if it's a five plus, it has to be a good, a bad, a great, a best. Wait, good, great, best. Yes. So it's GBG, good, bad, great, five and below. But if it's a five plus, it's good, great, best. So my bad is, oh oh yes, Blake's going to play my bad, okay? I am? Oh, I Thought you were like pulling it up. Oh, it was just oh, the no. clip. Oh, never mind, because <laughs> it, it was that exact shot. So when everybody's at dinner, um, and oh no, it, it's not dinner time. Um, Yes, it was dinner time. <laughs> Everybody's at dinner. Marcelline and Fergus are like, oh my God, Ian, tell us everything. Dishman, tell us all about how cool it was to be with the Mohawks. And Ian was like, not feeling that conversation. And I love how Marcelline and Fergus tag teamed and they were on either side of Ian. So poor Ian's already feeling uncomfortable, okay? And then they bring up this idea that Ian can go help Roger survey the area. And they say, quote, <clears throat> it would be a huge help to Roger <laughs> and the rest of us. I wanted Ian to sit up and say, um, yo. I already majorly helped out Roger by saving his life right. by becoming a Mohawk. Thanks for telling me that I should do something because it would be a, quote, huge help to Roger. <laughs> I sat there and I was like, oh, this is so awkward. Uh... Good thing Roger doesn't say what's on his mind. Because if that was me at the dinner table at a family dinner and someone said that to me, all hell would have broken loose, yeah, my that, friends. That
0: would not have been great for you. <laughs> I, I, I know that right <laughs> off the bat.
1: Can you imagine? No, nope. Seriously. I can't. Seriously. So I was like, can you do a bit? it would be a big help. It would be a big help for this person who you sacrificed. <gasps> would it now? Would it? You know, because I've <laughs> never done a darn thing for him before. <laughs> it's okay. But, to, and as I said, it wasn't that it was bad directing. It wasn't that it was bad acting. That was the only thing. It was like a gut punch in my stomach for Ian. Right. And I know that it just kind of rolled off his back, but it did not roll off at mine. Had, had that been said to James Fraser, would have been a different story. Us Tauruses? Don't forget. We don't forget. Okay, so (laughs) Am I Great? was seeing three men that we love in grief. Seeing three very strong men in different ages, different places in their lives battling grief. And this is one of the reasons why Blake and I loved the show The Leftovers on HBO. A lot of it dealt with people dealing with grief and how they worked through it and how they worked through their sadness. And, um it's something that people don't talk about because grief is hard, right? Grief mm-hmm. is, is hard. It's scary. We just don't talk about it a lot. Really, we don't talk about grief um, that much, especially when it comes to men. Like, we don't see men on screen frequently in pain this way. Mm-hmm. And I liked that we were able to focus on it kind of in a three parts uh, with these three different characters of Jamie mourning Murta, of of um, Roger, of course, mourning his voice, and then of Ian mourning Something that has troubled him. Mm -hmm. I'll be vague (laughs) because Ian was vague. There we go. And
0: I think that's actually quite a good thing that he was vague. Agreed. I like it because he's just not ready to talk about it. It makes sense. The emotional math for that particular instance. He's doing
1: them all a huge favor right
0: now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As you guys know, I'm always a big fan of emotional math adding up. Uh, I need to make sure that whatever the character is doing makes sense to that particular character. And it's not just for the sake of doing it. And in this particular case for Ian, I, I love the fact that he's not ready to talk about it. I love the fact that he's avoiding it and he's being very, uh, he's being very like just shifty about what is wrong because he as a character just isn't ready. So I really like that. Okay. Uh, my good. Actually, I have a tie. Ooh. Uh, first uh, was the uh, DP, Stain Van der is his name. Mm, and name. this episode was not afraid of depth. Mm-mm-mm. This episode was not afraid. DP meaning. Yeah, uh, director of photography. So the cinematographer, if you will. Um, this episode was not afraid of color depth. It was not afraid of blacks. It was not afraid of candlelight. It was not afraid of putting just what?
1: It was so not afraid that Blake made a stop in a certain scene. Which one? To so like the one with the oh, candlelight. yes, light, that's when right. When Jamie and Claire and Claire sitting down and he's coming over and he's drinking and Claire saying, I'm, I'm happy to see that you've been able to find something that's helping helping you, you know, be a little distracted. Yes, he, that's right. And Blake literally stopped the episode and he said, look at their use of lighting right now. <laughs> <laughs> and when you guys rewatch it, you'll see. Can you explain yeah, why sure. people they're, need to point they're, that they're out? They're
0: both sitting at a table, and then the the source of light for both Jamie and Claire—not the full source of light, but mostly the source of light—was uh, what appeared to be a candle on the table that was hidden by a block. Um, and because of that, uh, you could see the flickering, and it was providing this really warm, beautiful, mm-hmm. like orangey yellow light for the both of them. Uh, More than likely it was probably just a regular um, light bulb that was just flickering on and off. Um, But it was an excellent use of light in the background, totally dark, just them, orange, orange, and yellow, beautiful, just oh, great coloring. Uh, so I was really happy with that, and especially Roger too. These these great close-ups with Roger's face and the coloring, uh, how almost the color was sucked out of any time Roger was on camera, uh, especially when he and Ian were together in the woods. Very blues, very like um, very cool tones, which you wouldn't and you haven't necessarily gotten in Outlander in North Carolina and and w- that is a testament to how coloring and how um how certain in-camera effects or even post what that that lighting will do mm-hmm. to you as as a viewer it will set the tone it'll set the mood immediately uh but all obviously the big one here is the show don't tell aspect of this of this uh of this episode uh primary example being the silent movie treatment um I mean I know a lot of people didn't like it and at first I was like all right what are we doing here like what are we doing this is this is lame and I was upset with it because I'm like I was saying you could just show this you just show his real perspective show what he was actually doing show it in color give me some sound why am I reading Jamie's lines on screen like what am I doing um But once I got past that Mm -hmm. and I saw what they were doing, what they were doing for the character and why it was important to actually show the silent film thing, because obviously, number one, it starts back to what the the 20th century date that uh, Roger and Bree were having or uh, were going to have. And it's a memory of that. But more importantly, it's showing you uh, a juxtaposition between Roger in reality and Roger in unreality, something that is not real. Mm. Uh, and how and what you realize is that you are in roger's perspective but not only his perspective you are in his being it is how he remembers it it is how he can cope with it how he can manage to move forward and even then not doing that great of a job to begin with so when he looks back on it and he has these flashes it's a moment of realism versus not escapism, but a, a, a moment of reality versus unreality. And as the episode progresses, you're able to get more flashes. You're able to come into you're able to come into focus, and you finally see what actually and truly and honestly happened. It means everything to that character and his motivation and what is happening in his brain at that moment. And more importantly, it is a juxtaposition against the fact that Roger loves to sing and talk. His his words are his weapon. His words are his talent. That is why we had the cold open with him in class teaching. Because his words are everything to him. Mm-hmm. And when you take them away, this is what you get. A moment of unreality. It, it's this is big boy television, ladies and gentlemen. This episode, the past two episodes have been big boy television. And I, I oh man, I, I can't. Love it. I can't. So, but uh, on top of that, there's another great uh, show don't tell aspect. Okay. When they're all at dinner and uh, and Ian is there having dinner with everybody. Everybody's praying. And, yep. And Ian does not pray. No, nope. Doesn't even bow his head. Just looks straight ahead. Doesn't do anything. And you don't have to be told what's happening. You know what's happening. You see... The uh, distinction, you see the disconnect between he and the rest of his family.
1: Little Uh, does he know how awkward dinner's going to get.
0: More more like, and and culturally, uh, religiously, um, and just any familial connection. There's nothing there, Uh, and for many reasons, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bad, and this is an unfair bad for me, Um, but I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I saw Roger and Brie in the in the, the this this flashback um, to 1969, I saw this. I wish I saw this much earlier, like in seasons three or four.
1: Oh, okay. You wish that they had like planted this, and then this could be referencing that. Yeah, and
0: like okay. I understand why it that it didn't happen, and yeah. I I I because it, it wasn't
1: it wasn't the, the around, scenes weren't yeah. written.
0: Um, and it it is very effective in this episode. It it a hundred percent. Like I I wouldn't change it, but I just wish I had something like this or this in previous seasons so I could understand their relationship more. Mm. Uh, and The Great. The Great uh, is also a tie. Uh, again, Danielle Barrow, for your first credit as a writer, well oh my goodness gracious. Well done. Like, mm, big girl. <laughs> big girl pants writing right there. I really like that. Um, and also, Roger crying while... Bree is singing to Jemmy again, show don't tell. I don't need to, I don't need to be told what's happening here. Nope. I don't need to be told that Roger's upset. I see it. And I've, and as a, as a human, I've been there. I mean, not in that particular, not in that particular, uh, you know, very detailed, specific way, but I've been there where something else is happening outside of my control. And I'm, there's nothing I can do but cry. Mm. Uh, I think we've all been there as humans. Uh, and when I when I was there and I saw that, I said, "Okay, this is when I get Roger. This is when I get him." And it was uh, heartbreaking, uh, absolutely heartbreaking. Loved this episode. All right, what do you got? What do you want to start with?
1: Okay, well let's let's just start off with uh, with Roger, because I mean he's he's kind of the main. The main meat of the meat and potatoes of of this episode. everything kind of revolves and is interwoven sure. through through Roger, sure.
0: So just for clarification, you loved the silent film treatment loved it, you and loved it took it. you a little while to love it. Yes, okay. At first, I was upset, but then I got it.
1: okay. I did. I loved it. I loved feeling awkward. and this is something that. Um, I find great joy in when we're watching television is if I'm feeling uncomfortable and that was the whole point of it mm-hmm. then it means that they succeeded if I'm feeling like okay this is drilled into me get over it let's move on then exactly we're feeling what Brie is feeling we're feeling her frustration with having to be three months in and we're still having Roger replay the sequence in his mind and it also related very well to um to being in a very deep, dark depression. I mean, I know, sadly, so many of of our listeners have probably gone through a very dark time in their lives, whether they had a physical trauma, or maybe it was an emotional trauma, or maybe it was a great loss in your life. um, Sometimes it's really, really hard to dig yourself out of that pit. And you see Roger try. Oh, like when he's at home, alone, playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. And he's like really, really trying. And it's just... He can't snap out of it. That the the little silent movie pops back in his head. Then you know what I mean. He's he's desperately trying. And Blake and I were talking about. So Blake, for those of you who don't know, was in a pr- very uh, horrific um, car accident when you were yes. eighteen years old. Correct. Yes, I,
0: I I I was a millimeter away from dying, and I had to learn how to walk again, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and it was um, it was very traumatic. It, it was um, it was something that. I, I, okay. So uh, quick story. I got in a car, I got in a car accident. I had to go to hospital. I was in Boston for, for weeks. I had multiple surgeries, had to learn how to walk again. I learned how to do the whole thing, lost a ton of weight, got really, really stupid skinny. Uh, and then after a while I had to get back to life. I actually, it was right before my freshman year of college and I had to go be a freshman in college. Uh, and I had a lot of things wrong with me. Um, one of which I had to have a colostomy bag. Imagine in having school. that as a freshman
1: in college.
0: Which I don't have anymore, by the way. No. Uh, it, got take, it got taken away yeah. uh, during the Christmas break of my freshman year.
1: Congratulations! Uh, thank
0: you so much. Um, but there was a lot of mental torture along. With it. I remember um, not. I remember my mother taking me uh, to go shopping with her, and uh, she she told me <laughs> she's such. Oh, my mother was was something she told me oh let's just go for a drive we're gonna go for a drive and i was like all right and, like, and how
1: recent out of the accident were you at this? Uh, point? i just
0: got home from the hospital oh uh like and this was like a week later okay and she's like let's go for a drive and, and i said oh, okay and i was still very hobbled i was like i was a mess uh my leg was I, I, I injured my leg. Um and my leg was like double the size that it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh she, and I was like, Okay, all right, I'll get in the car. Get in her car, we start driving and she's like, Yeah, we're gonna go get some shoes And I was like, No, I'm not going to get shoes. What do you I I had I, I was a mess. And she's like, no, we're going. You need to start your life. Like You wow. can't feel bad for yourself anymore. That's it. We're going.
1: She gave you the hardcore Bree
0: talk. Oh, absolutely. Like I you cried. You got to fight. I cried and I cried. And I, I'm, here I am, 18, crying to my mother that I don't want to go into a store. Uh, but she made me do it. And Mm -hmm. I remember even driving later on and I would have...
1: Because you were driving in the accident. Yeah, I was driving in the accident.
0: And I remember driving later on as everything was fine, like as like later on in the year. And I remember I would have um, like an overlay on top of what I was seeing like so you're driving normally driving and everything's fine you're seeing the road and then all of a sudden I would Your
1: silent motion picture My silent in. motion
0: picture it's 100% true yeah. I would have a silent motion picture an overlay on top of what I was already doing and I had to pull over a number of times yeah. to be like okay no no I'm that not wasn't I'm not real. there
1: like I'm Roger here. touching the canvas, touching the yep. burlap, you know, and it like automatically triggered him into reliving having the burlap sack put over his head. Yep. So you're saying that the way that they portrayed PTSD, which we now know is PTSD, you know, but sure. Claire talks about his shell shock, you know, any kind of traumatic stress that you're still dealing with for long after. You you found a lot of similarities. Not necessarily a. It wasn't motion a silent picture, motion
0: picture with words. <laughs> with, with to Jamie. Jamie, Jamie talking to me, reading his lines. You're
1: right, lad. I know.
0: No, it wasn't that. And again, am, am I going to say that the um, the effect was a little cutesy? Yeah, it was cutesy, and it was a, a tad gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But I dug it. I dug it because it wasn't just for the sake of doing it. It was as how it related to what the characters were doing at the beginning of this episode in the cold open. Mm -hmm. It made sense for that particular character. For me, it wouldn't. But for him, in this moment, it does, which is great.
1: And, you know, Jamie brings up, you know, he he asks Claire in that scene that we're talking about with the great lighting, and um, he asks Claire, Claire in the future, you know, is there something that you can do to help grief? Is there something that you can do to, like, stop this? And, um... I just, we say it all the time, mm-hmm. people on the ridge, everybody in this show, they, they all need a therapist. They all need like a little somebody that they can just go talk to. And it really um, it makes me feel so blessed that we do live in a day and age where mental health is something that people do talk about, that we mm-hmm. take seriously, that, you know, hopefully those of you who, who are dealing with anything, you can still have access to your therapist over Skype or, you know, phone calls or anything like that. But Roger... Dealing with this, seeing the different ways he struggled. I know that we have our dear friend Kendra who's um, joining us live. And she was saying that she, who's a singer, she lost her voice in 2015. And that scene where Roger was listening to Brie singing uh, Clementine really hit Kendra because she lost her voice for a good eight months and sure. she couldn't sing her son to sleep anymore. And, you know, singing is is her is one of her gifts as well. So I I don't want to say the word enjoyed, I, I, it's not that I enjoyed seeing Roger suffer uh and pull himself out of the trenches but it was um it was impressive it good yes I got it you. was impressive to watch Roger in this pit um in some senses looking like he was giving up and doing it all silently Rick Rankin brought it in this episode brought it and was able Oh yes you were on the train
0: i'm on the train <laughs> i'm on the roger train so next time, rick and
1: i have a moment you won't be upset uh,
0: no i will still absolutely one day we need that, to pull up the footage of him dancing guy, with me that guy rick rankin get out of here I'm, um, I'm 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 basically off the train just because of that guy no, hitting on fine. my wife no he
1: did not hit yeah, yeah he was no he didn't yeah he trust was trust me Yes, he was. It's okay. He's not my type.
0: <laughs> I don't think I'm your type. I don't, I don't even. <laughs> I'm not Jake
1: Gyllenhaal. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> okay. So, uh, Roger. Uh, yeah. I... What gets Roger through is his love for Brie. And how beautiful is that? And how beautiful was also seeing Breeze foil to Roger, mm-hmm. starting off having the tender approach, you know, joking that, okay, well, Jamie's just gonna have to grow up, you know, talking about sweaters and aluminum. Like, <laughs> I loved that little banter. And you can tell that this has been going on for three months, right? We had that completely oh, graphic, gross, slit his throat. Oh, yeah. What did Claire grab? Look like a pipe or something that she just was like, I got this. Like, boom, but She just had some
0: PVC laying Whoa, around. man.
1: <laughs> Thank goodness it was black and white because you guys know I do not do gore. Oh, so that, that, that's something about the
0: black and white that is really great because... I was like, it's
1: Hershey the, syrup. The, it's Hershey syrup. Know, Don't the, worry, Mary. The
0: gore of it all. Actually, you make this great point, Mary. The gore of it all it was kind of lessened by the black and the white. It was kind of lessened by the fact that we're, we're watching a silent film. Like it was, it was a movie within a movie and, it made it more palatable, mm-hmm. if, if you know what I mean. Like, it's still gross. And yeah. you, you see Roger's blood oh, eyes. Oh, that was just so... Oh, what a great effect.
1: And I, at first I thought, was that me? Because I was peeking behind my eyes, you know, with my hands in front of my eyes. And then when they showed it in color, when they were showing more things, you know, with the bag on his head, the close-ups, and it was really all the blood in his eyes. I was like, nope, that that really probably is what happens to people. Sure, um, But yeah, Claire just like, Claire is... F- these, all these people would be dead without Claire. Seriously, oh, yep. like we're just sitting here thinking, dead, dead, all of them gone. <laughs> um, and she just is like, "I got this, no problem." Um, and you think about, I, did did you do this when she put when she cut Roger's throat open and mm-hmm. stuck the little pipe in there? And he opened his eyes. Did you take a breath? Did you like? Well, I was so nervous. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, but like I was so nervous. And finally, when I knew that he was like able to open his eyes and be cognizant, I finally took a breath again, and yeah. I knew what was going on.
0: I, I would say that. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't holding my breath. That's something that actually you do quite a bit, and when it comes to movies and everything,
1: me. Yeah, absolutely. I do it all the time.
0: When somebody goes underwater, you oh my god, I try breath. to hold my
1: breath to see if I can do it as long as <laughs> them. Especially like Entangled, when Rapunzel and Flynn Rider are trying to get out, and I'm like, nope. Nope, I would have died with my magical hair. <laughs> <sighs> oh
0: man! Okay, that's a good tangled reference, ladies and gents. You're welcome. That's a good one. Uh, no, I, I wasn't holding my breath. I didn't take it, take a breath. Um, but I was, I felt vindicated. Actually, <laughs> I felt vindicated because. Right off the bat, I'm, I'm glad that they did this. I'm glad that right off the bat, they, they went with it. They went with Roger, talking about his, his last words, and then... They showed him alive. Well, I mean, they, they showed the process of him being alive and they sh- they showed the process of him coming back to but
1: life. But let's be real. Okay, so we left off with Roger most likely being dead. And it really was Roger hanging. Yes, it was. And then we had a two week break. And Stars is like, I don't know. Is he dead? We need the episode oh, Ballad the- of Roger oh. Mac. And yet nothing. And then the flipping photo image.
0: This is my supplementary bad. I forgot to mention this
1: stars like literal image and and like what two sentence little intro about what the episode was like so the image is roger and Bree standing there and then the the wording was like <laughs> oh follow along is roger deal
0: yeah 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 well you, you know if roger and Bree have to uh, or the fraser family has to deal with uh trauma when roger comes back to life or something like that i forget what it was and i'm like. Dude,
1: way to give it away! What are we doing? I mean, granted, you know, like right away, it it opens. I know, with Roger, but, still, but still, like, you, you
0: give me, you know, keep, give me, keep the mystery alive. Let I the know. mystery be a little bit here, you know, as we get into <sighs> it.
1: So, Roger, of course, gets this paper airplane from Brie. Which, by the way, his interaction with Ian oh. about the paper airplane. I mean, we're going to delve into this bromance. A
0: paper bird. The paper, the yes, the
1: paper bird. <laughs> Once again, Roger having no words. So, such a cool, sweet moment yes you know as as Ian's like is it a paper bird and Roger's looking at it like "Mm, I don't know (laughs) (laughs) even if I was talking right now I wouldn't tell you what it was right um and having him get to the edge of the cliff now you as someone who has a fear of heights oh I was wondering how you were handling that scene mm -mm,
0: mm -mm, mm -mm. nope nope don't do heights I can't do heights in real life can't even do heights on tv no no, absolutely. You remember that you know that movie that came out uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he was like the guy who who walked between the 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 the, um, the World Trade Center towers. No, he was a French guy. It no. was whatever it came. I wouldn't see that because the guy literally got on a wire in real life and walked between the two towers. This was a movie or a real life show? It was a real life thing, and they made a movie about it. No, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you and you critique my t- t- TV choices. Yeah,
0: well, I didn't watch it. I'm saying I, I wouldn't, I, I, I saw the trailer for it. I was like, nope, <laughs> not doing that one. I'll save that 18 bucks, thanks. What
1: was thanks. the weird thing that I, that I had us watch most recently?
0: Uh, and you were like,
1: this is so a merry show.
0: Uh, Doomsday Preppers?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what I watch during a pandemic.
0: Yeah, we watch doomsday preppers. Anxiety
1: keeps me up at night. I watch doomsday preppers.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: Don't take any advice from me. I am not a medical professional. Please do not follow suit. So here we are. Roger comes to this like cliff and he really, he he just kind of embraces it all and he focuses on everything, this time in color.
0: In color, it becomes his reality. Once he's able to accept what happened, once he is able to move forward with the idea that it was Brie who was his last thought before Mm. what he thought was death, uh, and accepting that moment is what keeps him back to reality. Uh, and, and, and most of, you know, um, you know, I, I battled, uh, depression in a very major way, uh, after we had our, our daughter and, you know, uh, you know, we did the podcasts, we did the whole thing and it was all great fun. But, you know, as we were doing all that, I was really, really suffering. And I remember, um, you know, it, it wasn't uh, standing over the cliff, but I remember uh, watching The Leftovers, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. and at the, it was the final season and in, in one of the final episodes where he, uh, the main character talks about his grief and he literally cuts himself open and takes out a key out of his heart and says, you really effed up.
1: It's like a pretend dream. Just yeah, it's, go a, with it's it. a dream. It sounds, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it, it's, it's once you, if you watch every, the show, everyone you
1: is questioning our television choices at this moment. Go,
0: go watch the leftovers <laughs> on HBO. It's a fantastic binge. Especially it really right is. Now. Yeah. Um, and then listen to the Living Reminders podcast with Mary and Blake. Um, and uh, and he's talking to himself, and he says, "You really effed up with this with his girlfriend, uh, his wife, or whatever." And I remember having that moment, and that was my moment when everything came back. To color for mm-hmm. me that was when everything came when i realized oh my god i've really messed this up i've really lost touch with my own reality and my relationship with my with my bride um and it's not that we weren't ever not going to be together it, it, we, we were always had our had each other's backs we always
1: no but i had to have the brie conversation with you, absolutely where i was like all right buddy you gotta fight for this like your family's here and we need you back uh
0: yeah and and, and that's when that's when it happened for me so i wasn't standing over a cliff i was watching tv but that's when everything came back to color for me again go watch the leftovers on hbo it's it's written by damon lindelof we podcasted about it it's in my top five favorite shows of all time it will it will change your life it's that good um putting ian and roger together Mm. was forget the
1: favor part but yes what do a you mean? big help, yeah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, forget forget skipping,
1: all that. Skipping that. Poor Put, choice in words. Putting
0: them yes. together was a masterstroke. Uh, it was a master stroke in storytelling. It was a master stroke in writing, and what that did um, for the storytelling in terms of the direction uh, and how things were being told as they went on this uh, journey together. Uh, on uh, here's a here's a um, a lost reference uh, when they went on their walkabout. Um, they went on their walkabout um, and there's, the thing I loved about it is that they're both suffering. They're both having these real issues that they, that neither of them can talk about and there's, there's no, there's no force. There's no one sitting there saying, there's no Marsley being like, you want to talk about it? There's no Jamie, even though I love that scene with Jamie. He was like, all right, you're not talking about it? No problem. I'll just sit right here. Jamie, um, there's no... King of men. There's nothing there to be like, okay, what are we doing? What are you thinking? What's wrong? Why do you feel like this? They just could explore together and they could rely on each other to do whatever they needed to do for this one given moment. And then it would only come out naturally the way that it does mm-hmm. um, between the two. Um, and then not only that, but taking their interactions and tying... The hatchet, burying the hatchet, tying that to the cold open and how they talked about mm-hmm. burying the hatchet. And
1: then he actually buries his hatchet. Yes. Right,
0: right. And by the way, I went I went ahead and I looked it up uh, okay. because I, I had to. Of course. Uh, burying the hatchet, as told by Professor Wikipedia, uh, that is an American English idiom meaning to make peace. The phrase is an allusion to the figurative or literal practice of it's putting an away the tomahawk. American English uh, American English idiom ah. uh, at the uh, cessation of hostilities among or by Native Americans in the Eastern United States, specifically concerning the formation of the Iroquois Confederacy and in Iroquois custom in general weapons were to be buried or otherwise cached in time of peace. It's when you make peace with something, when you finally say, okay, I'm letting it go. Yeah. Um, and uh, And it even takes place uh, it specifically go. with the with the Mohawk actually they're one of the f- first people to start it. So I think that was really cool how they brought that piece of history in there. And Roger's well Ian was made finally made peace with the fact that he couldn't be he couldn't be anymore. And he, and he literally buries the hatchet. Mm. Roger buries his voice. Uh, these two together Go on their own discovery uh, about who they are and what they can be, and they help each other. What did you think about all of that?
1: Yeah, I loved having them paired together. I was not expecting this this way, um, and this like timing of Ian showing up right now. Um, but it really worked. It it really worked for me. Like I just I enjoyed Ian's silence as a matter of choice rather than it being. Something that was scary, hurt, you know what I mean? Like rather than a physical trauma, he had more of an emotional trauma. I mean, Rogers was emotional as well, but you know what I mean? Like both of them were silent in their own ways. Um, And Ian would not necessarily even open up to Jamie. And yet he opens up to Roger. You know, mm-hmm. granted, it's because Roger's stopping him from killing himself. Um, but for him to lay it on the table, like I saw you by the cliff, man. We're both in the same place. And what the heck's wrong with you? Like mm-hmm. you have literally got your life perfect. Like you, you right. got it. You've got it made, buddy. You're okay. Yeah. So let's let's have a reality check. Um, well, it
0: goes to show you how things can get so convoluted. I remember uh, when I was going through my depression, my best friend was like, "Dude, I would trade my life for yours in a heartbeat." Uh, you know, in their circumstances as to why he would have done that. I'm not going to get into that here. But he's like, I would trade my life for yours on a heartbeat. Like, what are you so worked up down about? about like, what yeah. are you so down about? What what has got you so crazy? Um, and at the time, I remember thinking, well, what the hell do you know? Like, yeah, you know what I tell you, but it's easy for you to say that. Um, but in the end, of course, he was right. And, uh, you know, everything is, is perfectly fine. So I love the fact that Ian has the wherewithal to tell Roger, dude, you got it made. Go home. Go home. Stop being uh, stop being a dink. <laughs> uh, and Roger understands that. He finally gets it. Maybe I am being a dink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when he realizes the most important thing wasn't the last words that he had to say, but it is, in fact, the last visual that he had to see, which was Brie, in bringing it full circle.
1: So let's talk about the other man who's really suffering from grief in this episode, Jamie. Of course, we get to open uh, with with Roger's hanging, but in the beginning, we do get to have the morning of Murta. We get to have oh. this beautiful uh, bit with Jocasta singing. Absolutely beautiful, and there she is wearing. they wearing the necklace that oh he gave her. Oh my gosh! I'm like done. I would sign me up. I'm done bawling. Yep. Um,
0: Talking to Jamie. Jamie's sitting down, like, and
1: she's saying he wasn't my husband. He says, "Yeah, well, he also wasn't my dad, but you know, we can still love him and mourn him the way that we do." And him, Jamie, just sitting down, and goodness gracious, when Sam Hewen cries oh, a single tear, cry. Oh, oh yeah, like kittens weep. <laughs> kittens weep. No joke. And it's the single tier one. It's not like the oh, sobbing. It's man. not like, you know, whatever. It's it's the single tier one. Sam Hewen can crack that little puppy out, you know? I think that's what Sam imagines. I think he imagines kittens crying, like little adsos crying, and that's how he gets <laughs> the most perfect tear. And it's like perfectly shaped too. Like you can tell that <laughs> when they caught it, they were like, Yep, that's a juicy one. Yeah. Nailed it. Um
0: I love the callback, by the yep. way, the callback to, to Jamie and Ian in the conversation that they had. You know, it was reminiscent of the conversation they had in the season three premiere when they're both about to bury the body uh, of um, of uh, what's his name? I can't remember his freaking name now, but the guy that got hung. Yeah. Um. They're, about the, they're both about to bury the body. And Ian is talking about his trauma with Galus with and Jamie's telling him about his, about his trauma, the whole thing man i and i love the fact that it wasn't jamie who was the one who fixed it and not necessarily even fixed it but it was it was roger who helped him it was it was roger who helped ian at this moment and they both actively help each other
1: well and you know what's interesting is that i was ready for jamie to be like listen man i lived in a cave (laughs) for a really long time like Coming back to Civilization myself was really weird. Like, I get it, you know, like being in a house and a bed and food. I was ready for some of that because I feel like people may have forgotten if they haven't rewatched, you know, the, the previous seasons. Like, you forget Cave Jamie. Like, Cave Jamie would get this conversation. And I felt like in that one moment, Jamie didn't, like, he was like, oh, was the bed not great? And I was like, Cave Jamie? But remind you, <laughs> that if you're not used to it, but it's probably really weird. Like, do you remember when he came out and he hadn't talked? Right. And he was trying to interact with Jenny. Like, it was so hard for him. Um, so I would have loved to see something like, oh, yeah, I get it. hmm you remember when I lived in a cave? <laughs> 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 but Jamie is such a great uncle to Ian and it, it was it was very reminiscent and now you see why it was so important for that scene to have happened. Um, for, for Jamie to have those moments earlier with Ian, you know, as they're yep. sitting there in the graveyard, um, having that bonding because they do need to have this this moment, these moments when they come back together. Sure. So we've got the morning of of Murta. Oh, who we'll probably never bring up again. Like, can yeah. we can we just mourn that fact? Because Murta's dead, and yeah. Myrta in the storyline wasn't even supposed to live this long. Is this pretty much the end of mentioning Myrta? Uh,
0: I mean, no. I mean, you'll still get it in passing, I think, here and there. Like, we just got a mention of Dougal uh, last episode, right? Um, I think you'll still get mentions. I wonder, though, if this is the last that we'll see of Jocasta. Um, I don't know. Because I don't know what there's left for her if is not there.
1: I mean, she's like their closest relative and she lives pretty close. Uh, yeah,
0: I agree. But like.
1: They might FaceTime for, you know, a birthday or. <laughs> well, you know, because you are social distancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm saying like they might. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I wonder. And I'm not saying and I'm not saying that that is going to be the case. I just wonder if that will be the case. Um just because I don't know what there's left for her to do, uh, unless they cook something up for her, um, this would be a fitting goodbye, I think, for Joe Casta. Oh, if you want it to, to
1: be a bye, Joe Now that there's no more bye, Ian.
0: Oh, I know. Should it be now? Should it be hey, Ian? Hey, Ian.
1: <laughs> no, Ian does not get that kind of a. Uh, What's he su- get now? Sup, Ian?
0: <laughs> sup, Ian? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> sup, sup, Ian?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sup. Sup.
0: <laughs> Just chilling with Rolo. That might be my new shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Ian with with all the garb and the in the mohawk and everything it's just it's going to say sup Ian <laughs> or just sup <laughs> with no. a question mark yep that's what it's going to be at
1: this Blake I don't know if people will get this all right so we've got that going on Marcelie you know I have loved Marcelie a lot this season this episode I did not
0: how did you not? I loved everything about her. She's talking about life with, with Ian. She's like, she Tel, tell have me taken, everything.
1: She should have taken the dang hangman out of the car, the deck of cards. <laughs> okay? Like, first time, okay, Marcelli, like, First off, all right, your mom was telling everybody that Claire was a witch. How do you know how to do all this tarot card business, all right, little Mm -hmm. missy? And you even asked Claire if she's a witch. Watch yourself. Watch yourself, because you're the one who keeps getting the lover card and keeps giving Roger the hangman card, okay? Somebody's (laughs) going to be a witch. It's you, Marceline. But she hands it, you know, she's doing all the cards, and it's the hangman. You know what? It's already awkward, okay? You already had a really awkward dinner with Ian. Let's just take the hangman card, put it to the side and reshuffle without that one in yeah. the deck marsley. Let's, you know what? We're just gonna... We we already
0: know. That's basically the joker card. We yeah. know that.
1: We know he's been hung. Sensitive. Right? <laughs> the fates, the witchy wicked wizards, I don't even know. They don't need to tell us. The hangman card is important right now. Let's put that aside and
0: reshuffle. <laughs> give it a give it a flick. However,
1: know? her moment with with Ian where she's sitting down and we, and we touch upon some awkward moments, right? Mm-hmm. But I just loved how she she could just talk to a rock, man. Oh, yeah. Marceline can, you know, she just scoots her kid aside, talks about how she's going to be having this third one, notices that Ian's quiet, and she talks about the good old days. The good old <laughs> days at Lollybrock <laughs> eating potatoes. Ta- potatoes. Potatoes. All right? Like, just talking about family, because you know that they played, you know, some games together. They would, maybe they would leave little sidewalk chalk messages for each other. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this because this is what me and my neighborhood friends do. Um, (laughs) But, you know, just like kicking it back, because we need to be also reminded that Marceline and Ian... Grew up in the same area. Yeah, you know, absolutely. they played. She played. She knew his sister was mischievous. Like, this is a thing. So, even though she can't connect with him here and now as a Mohawk, uh, Mohawk Ian, um, you know, Marceline's had a lot. I mean, think about it. they went on that massive voyage to go find him. You know, he had all these bonding moments with Fergus mm-hmm. um, and she's had her entire childhood. I mean, let's be real. If anybody's been together the longest, it was probably like he was knowing each other the longest. One of the pairings would be Marceline and Ian. Sure.
0: Absolutely. Do, do you feel weird about Fergus
1: just like kind
0: of being there? And is he like the new Ian?
1: Oh, he is the new Ian.
0: I think he's the new Ian. He
1: needs to step it up because he and Marceline make some freaking magic happen. And I don't they just do. mean between the sheets, okay?
0: <laughs> There's a lot of that happening.
1: So much.
0: How many barons is it going to take, Mr. Fra- <laughs> Fergus Fraser?
1: Oh. <laughs> so when when Marceline's sitting down with Ian, it reminded me of me. Like if I saw someone just sitting down by themselves this is a thing they do at kids schools when kids actually went to school (laughs) Um, they would have this like bench it was called a buddy bench they didn't have it when we grew up okay in the 80s and 90s if you were a kid who was alone Oh, well. Sucks to be you. Sucks, sucks to, to suck, to suck. Bro. Okay, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Anyway, but now they have these things called the buddy bench. And you sit down if you're alone and you have nobody to, like, kick a ball with and nobody's playing with you. And then nice kids need to know to look for kids sitting on the buddy bench alone. And you go and you sit next to them and you ask them to come play. That's their way of saying, like, will someone come play with me? And basically, Marceline saw Ian sitting on a stoop.
0: On the buddy bench.
1: As him sitting on the buddy bench. And she just went... <laughs> (laughs) She was like, I'm an extrovert. I've got this, man. I would actually love to sit. Because you know what I was just doing last week? Friggin' smoking up locusts, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I am third trimester pregnant. And people, I'm not supposed to be touching some, like, voodoo poisonous herb. But people had no problem sticking me out in a smoking field. I'm gonna. Sit. She probably looks for every person on a buddy bench that she can find. I'm gonna sit, and when people ask me, Marcella, why are you not working? I'm gonna say, I'm doing my job. I'm doing the buddy bench job. Back off.
0: Oh man.
1: But yeah, Fergus. Oh Mary, let's, keep going. Let's just, hope just that Fergus. That let's hope that awesome. Fergus has some moments because oh. he may be. The, he may be the new by Ian, just the extra guy with a wooden hand that we think is clapping. <laughs> <laughs> boom! Boom! <laughs>
0: uh, let's talk about Lord John real quick.
1: He needs to get in trouble. Fergus needs to get in trouble for handing a paper that was already written on with Doctor Rawling's yeah, stuff. There, do you think
0: anything will come of that? I mean, I know you already know, but like in terms of the show, like. Is- dude, something's got to come of that. Come he, on, he man. You can have
1: like a little reprimand, like, buddy. Next time you take paper, please don't take paper off of Claire's desk that she's written on. Right. Find a new piece of paper. Heck, this house is so big, you could probably scrape off a piece of wood shaving that would be perfectly <laughs> fine. No one would notice some wood was missing. Oh, man, just come on, man. You know, Adso, how do we? You know, Adso is the new buy. I don't. I don't.
0: I don't. I just don't care about Adso. I don't get it. I he, don't understand it. What the hell is the deal with it? It's just a great cat. It's all it is. He's beautiful. He ain't that beautiful.
1: I will tell you one thing that Blake and I also talked about during this episode that we paused. What's that? Okay, so we paused for your candlelight thing. Yes, and we'll start wrapping this up. We paused for your candlelight moment of beauty. Yep. Then I paused when Jamie. um Actually, he wasn't. It was either that time when they were talking with the candlelight or when they were in bed and Claire took Adso off the bed when, like, a real cat mom would just move the cat to her feet. Mm -hmm. Um, That's right. Uh oh. We have someone waking up.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. This (sighs) may
1: be wrapped up a lot sooner than we thought. Let me see. We have to be quiet. Three seconds. Three. It's like thunder. Two. Do they fall back asleep? One we're
0: okay i think we're good
1: okay so um i said to blake this is the moment that james fraser is probably sitting there saying you know what we made a really good choice not keeping the baby
0: oh yes absolutely can you imagine if claire and jamie
1: were juggling a baby at this time like there he was like oh my god you know it'd be so cool Having a baby, and that's kind of what it's like when you're like, you know, what I really want? I want to get chickens in a chicken coop. Um, and then you, nope. prob- I haven't gotten any chickens. I nope. still desperately want chickens. You're not getting, but chickens. it's not like you're getting sea monkeys. Okay, you're not just getting a beta fish. You're getting a baby. And there was Jamie being like, "Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool to have a baby?" Claire knew. Claire knew what the future would be like. All right, she mm-hmm. knew what it would be like. And at that very moment, I was thinking, Jamie's probably like, "We dodged a bullet." Right. You know, like we've got a lot of stuff going on right now, man. Yep. It's a good thing We I over to bairn
0: The other thing the other time we paused too was mm-hmm. to talk about how great of a gift giver Lord John is.
1: Oh. So first off, he's always at all the weddings. That's where he, he's been.
0: Every wedding he's ever been, like he's he is there. He, and he gets
1: invited to weddings because he gives the best gifts. Absolutely. You want that gift. You're not even his friend and no. you're like, Oh my God, I just get laundry baskets and like gift cards from people, but Lord John Gray, I hear he hands out astrolobes. <laughs> Astrolabes. <don't> whatever. <laughs> Astrolock. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> That's true love. <laughs> Gotta copyright that. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gives the best gifts. And there he is. He did have this one weird moment, though. So, like, Bree's looking at it and she's like... Oh, I can tell the time and the direction. How cool. And he leans in a little close. Yeah. And like, I was I'm like, like Whoa. Are you trying to smell her?
0: Like, what are you doing? When
1: you rewatch it, you'll see. I'm like, are you a vampire going in for a bite? Because I know that you're not interested in her. Like, I know you guys have this amazing. Brie and Lord John Gray have, oh, like, great chemistry. Oh, my God. Such a great relationship. Yeah. And I love that he just shows up for dinners. He probably had a weekend off from his wedding calendar. Yeah. You know, you know what his it was. His wedding calendar was. I bet was you right. the
0: wedding got canceled because of bad weather. Oh, that was it. Because, you know, because. I'm sure he probably... Probably
1: because of the battle, you know? Yeah, that's it, yeah. People weren't too 100% sure. Whoever the groom died, I don't know. <laughs> but he had his calendar free, and he was like, I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for some good food. That's why he's showing up so randomly. And I've got, I've got gifts aplenty, okay? I've got who's-its and what's-it galore. You want thingamabobs? I've got 20, all right? Here he comes showing up, and he's like, all right, I'm here to bring a note yes! that... um Governor Tryon feels really bad that he hung your son- son-in-law, so here's 5,000 acres of land. And yeah. Bree's like, I don't want it. Hey, but it's a really big deal. Well, that's what Lord John Gray says. He's yeah. like, um, you may want to rethink that, bestie. Like, as your bestie, I'm just going to give you a heads up.
0: Somebody asks here, mm-hmm. where do you think Lord John shops? Oh. Where do you think he shops? Because... I don't see him as a Bed Bath and Beyond person. I don't see
1: him as an Amazon person. He is no, 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 no,
0: no. no. Mm -hmm. Lord John only shops at local. Like, businesses? Oh, my God. He's,
1: he actually goes to, like, Martha's Vineyard, and he goes, like, to yes. shop to shop.
0: Oh, yes. Or,
1: like, you know, those little, like, precious little, um, like, island towns where they have, like, carefully curated gift shops. Like, that's literally what it is, a carefully curated gift shop. And he's got, he knows his peeps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he tells them, like, listen, these are the weddings I've got lined up. Hook me up with some options. I bet
0: you Lord John gets access to the stuff in the back. Yeah. Like they, he, if he doesn't see it on the shelf, they're like, "No, no, no, it's okay. Come back here."
1: All right, let's get off. Lord John Gray is gift giving.
0: <laughs> I I don't think I ever can. I know he's he's too fabulous. So he's amazing. We,
1: so here we go. That's that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah, Roger, Roger is is talking again, very scruffily, but he's talking again. Ian is has realized whatever he was trying to dodge a bullet for literally out of drinking some poisonous stuff he's dodged mm-hmm. um but not really it's still gonna i like it. that head
0: fake too you, you, you they build it out to make you think that it's roger who took the hemlock that that it's roger who was going to um put an end to it and but the head fake was it wasn't roger it was actually ian uh and of course you could see it coming the whole time uh the one thing that i i think i'm a Tad uncomfortable about uh, is well, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll just say I'll, I'll do it now. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable, I think, with Matt Roberts in at the like, oh, hey, let's talk about the episode. When Matt Roberts is trying to convince you to watch it a second time, where he's like, yeah, you're gonna need oh, to watch this again.
1: There. I mean, we've done that, we've suggested to people to rewatch things. yeah. But I think as
0: the showrunner, you should say, this is my creation, here it is. Take from it what you will. Like, there it is. Watch it. But and I would say- And if you want to watch it again, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to do anything for you. You just would, do it.
1: I would say that watching it a second time, for anyone who didn't like the um, black and white bits, it may help. I would uh, I mean, agree. yeah,
0: I, I agree with you. But I think as the showrunner, he's like, oh, we they have to convince you. That everything is like it's so cinematic. You need to watch this again because you're probably not going to get everything. You're going to be too emotional. Like I don't. Know, I just feel like it's pandering a little. Well, not pandering, but it's just like trying to convince you how important this all is. You know what I mean? Yes. I- I'm trying to convince you how great we did. You're, if if you did great, my dad always used to say, if you go into work and you got to tell somebody you're the boss, you ain't the boss. And I feel like the same thing. If you did great work, let just let it be.
1: If it's a great episode, people are rewatching it anyway. Right. This was a great episode. We're re-watching it anyway, Matt Roberts. Yeah. Dinner fashion So I just I don't know. Don't I Don't hate on him. I'm just saying dinner fashion honey. Dinner fashion Yeah, well
0: so it it is what it is. I I that's I felt a little uncomfortable. Can with I that. say something? Sure, absolutely.
1: Matt Roberts And Meryl Davis are in the same exact outfit for each of these after episode things and it pisses me off. (laughs) Why? Because you could tell that they were just like, All right, let's just do this on a Friday afternoon, crank these puppies out. We're gonna quickly talk about each episode. And I just felt like Ron Moore would be like in a different chair with a different drink, different outfit. Like you could tell that he was like, All right, next Thursday, come on over. (laughs) We're gonna have Terry's gonna like cook up a nice chicken and we're gonna watch the episode and enjoy it. Terry doesn't cook. Yes, yeah, she does. No, she does not. Yes, yeah, she does. Terry does not cook. She, She's an she, excellent she cook. She
0: goes she goes to stop and chop and, no, and gets doesn't. the rotisserie chickens. No, she does.
1: You are the worst. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She's an excellent cook. She's talked about it before. I'm sure
0: yeah, I'm sure she has
1: she's excellent I'm not like a, I act like I've eaten her food she is excellent she talks about it on uh, the interview that we shared sure on the podcast sure. episode whatever. she's had some of the cast over and they would like cook for them in their house in Scotland
0: alright uh, you got anything else about this uh, episode uh, my love anything anything else you want to talk about no no <laughs> okay yeah, well uh, then let's do the outlandish theory of the week you ready yes alright let's do it Okay, so now that we've had Roger go through this whole scenario, the fact that he is alive—by the way, I knew that he was alive. There's no way they're going to kill him. It just wasn't going to happen. He's too big of a character for them to kill. Him.
1: Captain obvious. Well, no, no,
0: you weren't saying that uh, last two weeks ago when I was saying it, and you're like, no, no, Captain
1: obvious. So um, <laughs> I, I
0: am, I am double, I'm tripling, I'm triple stamping a double stamp here. Okay, you ready? Roger is going back to the future. He absolutely is because he's got to get away.
1: Marty McFly.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely, Marty McFly.
1: Okay,
0: uh, he has to go back to the future because he's got he's got to take his family away from all of this. It's going to be too hard for him. And here is the real outlandish theory of the week. This is the big one. You ready? Drum roll. They're going to find out by season's end that Jimmy can travel through the stones, and that is what is going to propel them to for next season to go back to the future because they got the revolution coming. It's going to happen relatively soon. They know it's not coming
1: really relatively. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: It's going to happen. And, and because of that, Raj is going to be like, dude, I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm out of here. I, I can't go through all this stuff again. And he's going to take, uh, Brianna and Jemmy, um, and any future kids they may or may not have. I don't know. I imagine they probably will. Um, and they're going to go back. They're, they're going to go back to the future and get out of Dodge because there is no way after this experience. He he himself was saying, "I was a historian, and my own ancestors tried to kill me." My purpose is not here. My purpose is about history. I'm a changed man. I'm different, but I don't know what I am here. I can't. I can't keep going. So, I guarantee you. That because of this trauma, Roger is I'm out of here. And especially, God only knows what happens between he and Bonnet, because that's coming too. And I think that's the purpose for Lord John, because Lord John is going to be the one that gets them the in on how to get to Bonnet. Like he's going to figure it out, and he's going to be he's going to play a major part in this. So,
1: with a gift,
0: <laughs> with the best gift you could ever imagine. Oh my God! What?
1: He's gonna give them like a weapon gift, right? Wouldn't that be cool? Like you think this is you think this is a paper knife? Watch. Nope. <laughs> Someone said he shops the sharper image.
0: No, he doesn't do that catalog stuff. No, 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 no. No,
1: you go in the store and sit in the sit in the chairs. And so
0: like, that is my outlandish theory, Marvin. What do you give me? I
1: think more Williams and Sonoma. Oh yes, right. Like if absolute... he were to do a chain store, it would be Williams and Sonoma.
0: Yeah, because Williams and Sonoma is a chain, but it just not, got really loud. It's not too chainy. It's like you were.
1: Too so excited about Williamson's. I was. I don't even think you've ever actually been inside that store. I have been in when? there
0: when I got my home beer making kit. Hmm. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> that went well. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> um Marvin, you're gonna give me an intro what, what are we doing?
1: Interesting Blake. Mock
0: me. Please hang up and try again. All right, final thoughts. Uh my love, what do you got? Final thoughts.
1: That's my final thought. Interesting. What?
0: Interesting. That's it. That's it, man. I all right, for my final thought. I'm I, pumped
1: about the rest of this season.
0: I I okay. We are now the beginning of the final act. The, the
1: final countdown.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We save that for the penultimate episode. Okay.
1: Well, I'm just saying. We uh, that, are... is,
0: that, that is an Outlander cast, Mary and Blake tradition. You always play the final countdown on the penultimate episode. That's how it goes. Yeah, I'm singing it. You, you can't. You mm, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Why
1: am I stuck with you? <laughs> um, I need more friends in my house.
0: This is the beginning of the I
1: need f- another adult to talk to. The
0: the final act. <laughs> and uh, it is a- Someone
1: appreciates Fantastic
0: way to begin the and final Disney act. Disney
1: references.
0: Oh my God. No,
1: I don't need you to play the music. I was sing. just let me sing. <laughs>
0: um, this is a, a fantastic way to begin uh, the final act. And uh, the how the story is going to be propelled. And I loved, loved the silent film. I, I really loved it. You know what I else I loved? Was, what?
1: Bear Flair. Bear McCree killed <sighs> it in this episode. Oh,
0: playing Clementine in the background while Roger and Brie are the talking whole to each he other? he killed it. He oh, killed it. Oh, yeah.
1: And you know what I loved too? Clementine was on, a, was on a clarinet. And I'm really trying to see like when they play clarinet, if they're only playing it for Brie. Like when it's Brie related or Roger related, like people in the future, um, I'm trying to see like when they're adding in the clarinet, like if it's, if it's like the clarinet is played in, in memory of Frank as well. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I'm trying to see if the, if the clarinet ever really comes as a solo instrument elsewhere. I don't know. It's just that the, it stood out a lot to me, but Bear McCreary nailed when, it in When episode. they play,
0: when they play the theme for Brie, that usually take that, that usually has a clarinet too.
1: And that's why I feel like it runs, even though she's not biologically Frank. Yeah, but like, he's I daddy. feel like, yeah, yes, yeah, so I feel like the clarinet. That's a part of Brie. Yeah,
0: that's a part of her. Okay, uh, okay that's it. That's I'm it. All done. All right, let's let's close this bad boy out. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: Looking for shows to watch, Blake and I recommend several uh, during your time at home. Yeah, uh, but we've actually podcasted about several shows and specifically we've talked about the leftovers in this episode Correct. and um, I'll be real with you it's, it's not like super duper uplifting like it's not something funny that you watch before you go to sleep it's not like watching The Good Place or Parks and Rec like you're not necessarily going to laugh but it is going to challenge you and it's going to be a really thought provoking one um, to watch and our companion podcast that goes along with it which you can find at maryandblake.com a lot of people have found useful when they watch The Leftovers. We've Absolutely. actually had amazing interviews with most of the cast of The Leftovers. Um, the creator, sh- the the author of the book, um, tons Writers, and tons of... Writers, directors, yeah.
0: actors.
1: So I, if you are looking for something, I would highly recommend watching that. Um, it was on HBO, so if you have HBO included in your package, check that out. Um, we do have a lot of other things that we talk about at marianblink.com and I also want to recommend that you check out outlandercast.com that of course is the home of Outlander Cast, the podcast we have previous episodes in case you're new to outlander you want to check out some of our previous interviews there that we've had with cast and crew um, we also have a fantastic team of bloggers who keep content fresh and fun all season long and throughout droughtlander so if you're not already on the outlander cast listserv know that you can sign up at outlandercast.com and that way you can 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 be sent an email pretty much like once a week that gives you the latest podcast episodes and the latest blog episodes, uh, blog pieces, so that that way you can kind of stay in the know.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, make sure you check out all the other podcasts that we do too, uh, including our Hamilton podcast that we mentioned earlier. Uh, You can even check out our Gilmore Girls podcast, our Game of Thrones podcast. We did uh, a a podcast uh, limited series for the final season of Game of Thrones. I had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, also too, go to outlandercastclan.com where you can get all the great benefits that you are, that are available to you uh, from Mary and I, whether it is extra podcast episodes, uh, Blake's book club, uh, early access to episodes, um, our, our show the notes, Crown. free swag, uh, the Crown podcast that we have. Uh, there's a ton of great perks that you can get there including all, being with all the nerds that are there uh, all the nerds that have that that facilitate that community are, Said are in a just, loving way yeah, we're all nerds we're yeah. all
1: outlander but honestly outlandercastclan.com is a place that you can go to support us I mean when you think about PBS your local you know PBS station or whatever um, or your local newspaper it's like supporting creators that way yes. so if you've never become a patron of a creator that's what it is going to outlandercastclan.com as little as two dollars a month if you're not going out and buying your coffees on your way to work anymore. Uh, know that as little as $2 a month makes the biggest difference for us. It allows us to keep the content going, even times as difficult as this. It keeps our, our website going. So we want to thank everyone at OutlanderCast.com. All of the patrons, honestly from the bottom of our hearts, especially in trying times like this, it is more important than ever for us to be able to come together as a community and continue to pump out the content. So I want to take a moment to thank our most generous supporters at OutlanderCast.com. Starting off with the associate. Associate producers: Angie, Candy, Carolyn, Celine, Christine, and Dawn; Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Karen, Marilyn, Maureen, Patricia, Savan, Stephanie, and Valerie are co-producers. Amanda, Anley, Barbara, Dana. Janet, Keelan, Laurie Ellen, Marianne, Meredith, Raynell, Sharon, Tina, and Whitney. As last but not least, our executive producers, Anne, Bobby, D, Jen, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadra, Peg, and Sarah. Thank you guys so much.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much. And for those of you, the hundreds of you watching us right now live, uh, and for those of you who were listening to us on the podcast later on, go to outlandacastclan.com. We will actually be doing, right after this episode, our After Doc episode, the After Doc show is one of the highlights of OutlanderCastClan.com. So head over to OutlanderCastClan.com, become a Klansman-level patron, and you'll be able to access that uh, right then and there.
1: Yep, so we're going to be doing that in about 10 minutes. So once again, if you are a member of OutlanderCastClan.com, we'll be heading to After Dark in 10 minutes. And if not, you can join it so you can see it in next time. For now, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to OutlanderCast.